everybody thanks for joining me for the first episode of 2023 with me matt taylor on the nhs 100k podcast so at a nice break loads of stuff's been happening you guys have been brilliant in supporting the podcast um so i uh had a little bit of a rest tried to get some uh, guests in the pipeline because it proves difficult towards the end of the year and we've got some good ones lined up and today we have got sarah who's going to tell us her story now there's um stuff going on sorry sarah <laughs> um there's stuff going on so um and we're um under a time constraint as well at the minute so if it appears rushed my apologies i'll shut up uh and uh, i'll kick it over to sarah sarah welcome to the show thank you matt we got there in the end with these te- technical difficulties haven't yeah. we to be honest but yeah. um but yeah, so we've had to go on to a different recording platform and um, we're on a time constraint because of that. So I won't waffle on too much. So Sarah, tell everybody um, the story and the message you want to get out today, please. Uh, yes, so presently I'm being taken through the courts of protection um, to vaccinate my son um, against my wishes. Um, my son, presently I can't... Um, reveal our true names because the court case is ongoing and it's been um, two years now. (laughs) It's uh, uh, gone through the courts. So yes, my my son Tom um, has severe learning difficulties. He's 23. He lives with me. I'm his mum and uh, his main carer. Um, And I just wanted to make people aware of what the Court of Protection are doing, not just to me, but to many families across the country. I'm in touch with some of them, um, only a few. But um, I just feel it's, well, you know, it's just awful what they're putting us through. It's, it's It's an emotional roller coaster and to have someone impose something upon your child, I call them your child because he's still my child, mentally is a child, you know, although he's in an adult body, he's still a, a very young um, child. So, uh, to, yeah, to have something imposed upon your child that you feel could harm them is, uh, well, there's no words for it really, you know. I just feel like I've been living a nightmare for the last two years. Um, and as I say, it's it's still ongoing. But I just wanted to give everyone a brief background of my son. And I call it our story because the the two of us have gone through this every step of the way, you know, since he was born, obviously. Um, I've been there every step of the way for him. Um, so when he was born, he... They found out he had a cleft palate, which is, uh, a, we know what a cleft lip is, that's quite obvious, but a cleft palate is a hole in the roof of the mouth, you know, and he couldn't feed and the nurse said, oh, he has a, a little cleft palate. Um, and then she said it often links to heart conditions. And so they checked his heart and he did have a heart condition. Um, and then they took blood tests and the blood tests went to uh, the genetics department and they found he had um, a chromosome disorder, extra chromosomes, which we were totally unaware of, you know, before he was born. 
This also led to him having severe learning difficulties. So the chromosome condition has caused all these issues, you know, mm. um, and he doesn't have speech either. So, um, yeah, um, he now, he had a heart operation when he was one and it was corrective heart surgery and he has never been on any medications for it. Um, he's on no medications otherwise. He's a very well young man for 20, you know, 23 year old. <clears throat> he's happy. He loves life. He's loving. He's healthy. Um, and we live, you know, I, I think this is down to our, our care, due care and attention. We live an organic lifestyle. I grow vegetables buy organic I don't give him sugars processed foods you know flavors preservatives etc mm. um I have been told because of his chromosome uh, condition which I won't mention which one but that it's quite exceptional that he's got to the age he has um a lot of them die in infancy um I think uh for me, what made me not want him to have this vaccine when um, when it first came out, I thought this has been rushed and I wasn't happy that it hadn't been properly tested. And then, of course, we start to find out that it causes myocarditis, heart inflammation. Um, and of course, I'm going to be cautious about that, you know, because the week after he had his heart operation, the electrical circuit stopped working properly and he was rushed into hospital and nearly died. <clears throat> and he's touch wood never had any other problems with it since, you know. So anything that would jeopardize that, I'm not going to say yes to, of course. Um, you know, <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean, I think everybody obviously have, has their own past experiences which would make them question things. And when my mum was pregnant with me, she was terribly sick with morning sickness many, many times a day. Um, and she was concerned, so she went to the doctors. She was concerned for a baby, you know. And the GP offered her the thalidomide drug for the morning sickness. And she said, no, I won't take anything, not even a paracetamol, you know, because um, I'm pregnant. And thankfully, she didn't take that drug. But that's, you know, took five years for them to recognize what damage was being done, that it was the thalidomide drug to the, you know, the babies. Five years. Mm -hmm. And here we are again you know, mm. with a, a new novel drug that hasn't been properly tested. Um, so that was, I suppose, in the back of my, my mind. Um, I also did a silly thing and had Botox, as many people do, and had a, a dreadful reaction to the Botox. It started with pins and needles in my face about an hour after it had been injected, it went down into my body, all the pins and needles. 
<clears throat> deeper and deeper into my nervous system. And for a year, I was very, very poorly with it. Uh, it actually gave me botulism. And um, my muscles were weak. I couldn't lift things up. My uh, senses were heightened. My vision, my hearing, everything was extra loud. Lights were flashing. Um, my heart rate was racing. I had to go on to beta blockers to, ca to calm it down. And I, like I say, this lasted a year and I, you know, I was still looking after my son. Um, so I had a terrible experience. Um, um, the, the other thing is, you know, because Tom hasn't can't speak for himself um he can't tell me there's something wrong with my heart mum I can't breathe properly mum you know he can't tell me and and this could prevent um early intervention if he needed medical treatment mm. you know um so that's that's a big worry um yeah so there was there was lots of things that uh sort of put up the red flag to say, no, I, I'm really, really worried about this, you know. Um, so basically where, where it started was his dad wanted him to have the vaccination. And I tried to speak to him. I tried to explain all my concerns and he would not look. He would not look and he would not listen. And I'm so shocked because we had a business together we talked about everything and you know this is his son and he will not even go there I've tried and tried and tried and he just says I'm not looking at anything you're sending me it's all reputable Matt you know it's all from the government themselves the yellow card reporting system office of national statistics um and of course, as time's gone on, more and more evidence has come out. And I was hoping all the Pfizer documents revealing myocarditis, et cetera, would, you know. But again, nothing has seemed to work. So, yes. Um, and then before I knew it, um, everything had gone quiet during the, the lockdown. So there was there were no health professionals involved, although he has very little anyway now. Um, but not even social services rang to say, how are you? How are you, how are you managing? How's Tom? You know, nothing. It wasn't just me. I have a friend, in, a single parent with a daughter, same. She never had any contact from social services asking how that we were. Um, they now recognise as vulnerable because they want to put a vaccination in his arm, but... I he wasn't recognised as vulnerable during that first lockdown because we didn't get any assistance with shopping. Um, you could go to the top of the shopping you know, list and they would deliver to your house, wouldn't they, at that time, if you were vulnerable. But that, that didn't happen either. I kept waiting to be acknowledged um, and that never happened. So basically the GP, the process was the GP informs the government, this person vulnerable, and then the government informed the supermarkets who then let you go to the top of the list. So that wasn't done. 
Um, so they didn't recognise him as vulnerable. But now they do because they want to put a vaccine into his arm. Um, so, yeah, I, and, I, you know, the alarm bell started ringing and I was thinking, mm, you know, this something's not right here. Um, another thing that happened early on was that, <clears throat> excuse me, my mum was in a care home and um, I hadn't seen her for six weeks. Um, she was at the end of um, Alzheimer's, so they normally say about five years. The year before, she'd had a chest infection um, and a cough and they put her on antibiotics and she was fine. And she's very, you know, healthy lady apart from her Alzheimer's. Um, in 2020 of the April, uh, I got a phone call to say she wasn't well and I do I want her to go to hospital. I said, well, not unless she has COVID. And they said, no, uh, she hasn't got COVID. We believe it's chest infection and they will give her antibiotics. So she stayed in the care home and um, that she passed away. And on her death certificate, they'd put COVID, although not one doctor had gone into the care home to see her. Um, but I believe she did have a chest infection, the same as the year before. So that, again, upset me. You know, there was a lot going on that I felt there's something not quite right here. You know, I've not got had any support at all. And um, so then suddenly social services came knocking um, trying to do a mental capacity assessment on my son. And she came, a new social worker, never seen her before, and the way she was questioning me was unusual. Normally in the past, the social workers have been my friend and I'd bring them into the house, sit on the sofa, we'd have a chat, a cup of tea, and we'd bump into them in the village and we'd have a chat again. Um, but the questioning was very different. And right at the end, she said, I believe Tom's not had the COVID vaccination. I've never been asked about vaccinations with social workers before. And off she went and she got all the specialists uh, to, to see him. So she booked a physio to come to the house. Never had a physio come to the house. And he saw him, did his assessment, and at the end he said, and I believe Tom hasn't had the COVID vaccination. And I said, do you know, I said, never before has um, a physio asked me about my son's vaccine status. Mm. Mm. None of their business. No. And I thought something's not right here. Um, then the cardiologist checkup was put in place I went to that everything fine and I got a phone call from my GP and he said um, can you just tell me again why you don't want Tom to have the COVID vaccination I said I'll come in and see you doctor so I went in and I was there for a, a good hour with him and I took all the evidence to show him um, and he looked at it uh, quite agitated with the way I was talking um, and he turned around and said call, call me an anti-vaxxer um, 
it's always upsets me. So I said, how can you say that, uh, doctor? Because he's had all these childhood vaccines and we both used to cure up every year for the flu vaccine as well. You know, I was offered it being his carer. I said, I don't know how you can say that, you know. Um, so my respect for him just disappeared very quickly put it that way and then he turned around and said I feel you're you were in this echo chamber um and that you're only listening to certain things and that you need to get out of this echo chamber and consider other opinions as well like I hadn't done that Mm. he's known me since yeah Tom was a baby um and for him to say that was so disrespectful you know so after that meeting um it was about a week later I got a phone call from a doctor and it was quite late on eight o'clock at night on the landline which is my private line for family only and he said uh, this is doctor whoever I'm ringing regarding Tom and his COVID vaccination. So I said, can I just say, um, I, I don't know who you are. I've never heard of you before. He said, oh, I'm, I'm the partner of the practice. So, so I said, right. I said, well, I've had an hour's meeting with Tom's doctor. I said, and I've explained to him my concerns about myocarditis and his heart condition. Uh, I said, I spent an hour with him and I said, do you know, I've been contacted over 20 times about this and I could almost call it harassment. Mm. I don't think he liked me saying that. Uh, He went off the phone and about a week later, I got a a large envelope through the post and it was from the courts taking me to court. The husband Mm. or ex-husband rather. Well, it's actually the CCG, which is the Clinical Commissioning Group. Yeah. So now I I see that what social services and the GP were doing was getting their package together, ticking all the boxes, Mm. and bringing the net in, drawing the net in. All goes to the CCG. Uh, They say this person hasn't been vaccinated, and they take you to court um to enforce that yeah so um i had well it's 21 days to prepare a court case uh, which is 15 working days i spent virtually a week racing around trying to find a solicitor i wanted an uh an awake solicitor if if you can understand what i mean Mm -hmm. someone that was on my side i found her she said you need to come now um, and I took, uh, we went for three nights um, and I had to take Tom with me. He had to come and be in the office all day. It took days to put these statements together because you're you're attaching also credible links as well, you know, yeah, yeah. to support it. Um, so we did that. It's not just the emotional roller coaster, it's the cost 
chapter as well. You know, I've spent nearly over £20,000 so far. I'm not finished. So, anyway. So we prepared the statements. We, um, a barrister, um, went to the court and, well, we did it by Zoom, actually. And uh, the decision was to vaccinate him. But it is in every case, pretty much. I don't think they listen, they don't take into account any evidence you put forward. Um, so what they're doing basically is the, the GPs and the courts are hiding behind the, the government's guidelines. And that's, that's what they constantly say. And the same with the cardiologist, that they're following government guidelines. So I feel if, unless the government start changing their minds on this vaccine, nothing's going to change, no matter how much evidence is out there. You know, we're two years down now yeah. from, from when they took me to court at the beginning of 21. And um, there's so much more evidence out there, but it's, you know, still the same replies through the courts. There was, uh, I wanted to appeal. so. Um, unfortunately, they, the barrister and the solicitor said we can't go forward with this because we don't want you to spend money unnecessarily if we feel you're going to lose the case. And so, um, unfortunately, they didn't tell me for two weeks when they found out. And so you do only have 21 days to appeal. So when they did tell me, I only had a week left. Um, I don't blame them for that, you know, uh, but I did appeal myself with help from a friend and within hours the judge had said no to the appeal, um, but underneath it said it will stay with the courts for two weeks. Well, it was four weeks before I heard from them and I heard from the CCG solicitor and he emailed me and he went, urgent, you can appeal tomorrow in London. Uh, at that point, I hadn't got a court case together. I hadn't got a solicitor or a barrister. And I just feel that that was unlawful mm. to do that to someone. So I, I wrote to the courts and they gave me a week to put this appeal together. I managed, it's like this miracle happened <laughs> and I managed to find a, a solicitor and a barrister who are on my side who are very awake to, to everything. So they rushed this appeal. We had to go to London. Again, I had to drop everything. I've got my son, try and find, you know, he well, they try and find his dad looked after him. Um, but in this process, I had a lovely lady reach out to me, a complete stranger, and she said, um, I understand what you're going through. I've been there. And if you need any help, just talk to me, you know, for support. And so for about three or four weeks, we were in touch. And she said, would you like me to come to London with you? And, and I said, really? She said, yes, I'll come. So she was down south, she got the train, we stayed in the Airbnb and she came to the, the courts with me. And 
and she's now you know such a lovely friend and she you know I know she won't mind me saying that she lost her court case her daughter's in um, residential care and within two hours of the judge saying that she should be vaccinated she was vaccinated mm. I don't I don't get this this kind of like incessant need to do this to vaccinate everybody. No. Um, no. Um, I mean, my solicitor said I'm very shocked to get this case because I think she'd done two or three other cases before um, because he, he lives at home with you. You know, he's not in residential care. Um, obviously, what they were pushing at the time was, you know, to protect people within the the home mm. um well, we now know that it doesn't you know they never tested for transmission did they so um now the judge actually said in the first um judgment that if tom was uh, able to think for himself then he would have been a responsible citizen and he would have taken the vaccine for the sake of everyone else. <laughs> no, 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 you know, not considering his his heart, his chromosome condition, mm. you know. Um, it's just, you know, painting everyone with the same brush. That's that statement, isn't it? Yep. So she came to the courts with me. Um, they refused the appeal. So you go to London. They don't necessarily listen to your appeal. You go to London to present your appeal. And if there and then they can say yes or no, you can present it. I don't quite know whether it was a proper appeal or not, but it got refused anyway. And the second judge said yes to him being vaccinated. Which is no surprise, because uh, this is what they do every time. Mm. So, yes, um, at the moment, we're still fighting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been an emotional roller coaster, and I'm, uh, I'm just so worried for my son, you know. Mm. Um, I've given up my life for him, I'll, you know, and I, I swore I'd protect him. When he came out of his heart operation, he was one, and I said, you know, I'll always protect you. And uh, that's why I'm here. Mm. <laughs> this is why I'm here, Matt, and talking about it. Because what they're doing to families is, is dreadful. Um, these families have already had to go through so much in their lives. Yeah. Um, you know, emotionally. And mm. So destroying, isn't it? You know. It is. And it's, it, I just, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I, I mean, there's a plethora of reasons. It just, I, I'm, I'm tired of speaking to people that are nice, that have been, <laughs> you know, shat on from a great height, you know. 
This is why I do what I do, just to try, because I don't know what else to do other than blow up Parliament, right? <laughs> no, which, you know, God, if they were ever to bring anything back, Guy Fawkes would be, uh, would be a thing to bring back right now. It's, it's just, I, people don't know this stuff's going on. And even no. if they do, you know, no. they just... Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'll speak to anyone about it because I want people to know what they're doing. And even vaccinated people are shocked, you know, they're shocked that they're doing this. And and the reason they they can is because once they're 18, they can then take the decision out of the parents' hands, you know. Mm. I, I, was, I was in tears to the GP. Um, because at the time there were coaches pulling up in the villages, vaccinating people on the street, walking in off the street, weren't they? Yeah. And I was terrified that um, my ex-husband would do that with my son. Um, and I contacted uh, the GP and I just said, and it wasn't um, Tom's GP, it was a lady who I'd never spoken to, to before. She was a, a GP. And I said, please put on his records that no one is to vaccinate him, mm. only me. And that his father can't do it behind my back. And she turned around and just said, well, if you can't decide between the two of you, then the courts will have to decide. Just all matter of fact, really like that. And I thought... How can you say that to a, a mother? You know, it's so heartless. It is. Um, and I've had that said to me with social services. Yeah. Um, spoken to social services and I've had the same thing. Oh, well, the decision will, will be taken out of your hands and the courts will make that decision. You know, he's still a child mentally, uh, although he's uh, in an adult's body now, you know. And so this never changes. I've looked after him for 23 years and uh, be complimented on how well I look after him. Mm. And I know I do. Don't need to be told that, but it's nice to be told and of course, it, yeah. be acknowledged. And now it all changes suddenly because I turn around. It's before I've gone, yes, yes, yes. And when you say no, um, I'm very, very worried, then they don't like that. And, Mm. so this is where we're at you know um and I'm hoping that there'll be more people that will speak out that have gone through this we're getting there of course yeah we're getting there slowly I think I mean um I've been getting contacted more and more each week I presume because these shows are getting more and more exposure and I'm getting messages from more and more people that are starting to, to reach out and I'm, I'm trying to coax them out and, and talk about it the best I can. Um, you can't force people to do well. <laughs> you shouldn't force people to do things that they don't want to do, you know, um, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, because that's when we start losing, you know, bodily autonomy, consent, and just the general um, fundamental basic human rights that we have that have all been violated so horrendously mm. over the last couple of years um we've got about five minutes left all right mm, okay um so anything final you want to i want to get you back on again because we need to figure out this technical issue because i don't want it to be rushed and i want to ask you some questions yeah. and things and i want to get okay. a development anyway so that's an excuse to get you back on when things develop <laughs> um please if that's okay 
any sort of final messages and, and anything people can do to show support to what's going on at the moment um far um, away well at the moment um my solicitor is trying to set up a crowdfunding uh, i think it's crowd um crowd justice yeah mm -hmm. he's in the process of doing that to help with costs considerable costs because as we get to this stage there, there are court costs as well as barristers and solicitors mm. as i say there was you know considerable amount already paid out still more to come um and it's not just for me if uh, you know there's monies there it will be to help any family mm. that's been dragged through the courts to i see to force vaccinate their their loved one their child um well i'm sorry it's, they're not a child they're, they're adults but you know their sons and daughters so yeah it will go towards um them as well well send me over the details when when you get them and i'll, I'll put i'll yes. attach them to this please all I right will. i will i'll share them anyway yeah. um so the the stage that we're at at the moment, then it's it's been. You're are you in the process of appealing for a second time at the yes. moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, this will be. So the one thing I wanted to ask, two questions really. When the social services turned up, did they just initially turned up out of the blue? They just um, said they wanted to do uh, an assessment, you know, general, just to check. Is that normal for them? In, um. Not really. It used to be when he was a bit younger, but hadn't been around for a long time. Uh, just so a would, general checkup, you know. So would would you? I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm not trying to create a picture here. I'm just saying it. It seems a bit orchestrated, doesn't it? The whole thing is what I'm trying to say. Without trying to be, you know, if you, you know, why would they come and then say that? Why physio would be talking to you about it? Is, is none of their business and 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 currently for the time being i'm a healthcare professional myself um and yes there's certain things that you need to know but as a physio you don't need to know that yeah. if, if if they're jabbed and they're protected wearing all their kit and their mask and all that kind of stuff you know it, it's it's and, and you have the right to refuse that information they shouldn't be asking it anyway it's not relevant um so it just seems a little bit like they were trying to that, like you say, they 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 already made the decision, and they were just you know trying to yes. do what they needed to do. They were, yeah. Do you think they were tipped off beforehand? Maybe. Um, I think the his father got them involved. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that, don't know. Be... If, mm, I don't know if I'd be in this situation um, if he hadn't. I have no idea. I think possibly I would because the doctor kept questioning it, you know, mm. and it's the CCG that are enforcing this uh, on everybody. Yeah. That they see as vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're two years down the line uh, and Tom's had COVID. He has natural antibodies with had a blood test done and it shows he's had it we both had it together um, and he handled it exactly the same way as me you know mm -hmm. we both had a, a bad cold for about two or three weeks and um i had no idea it was COVID because well he never gets colds mm -hmm. we don't get colds either of us and uh, so i was 
you know, my solicitor said you best get a, a test. We got to went to uh, get a professional blood test done, and yeah, he's had it. He survived it like everyone, you know, generally mm. does. Yeah, and the problem is at the moment is even when we're showing people the evidence, the narrative changing. I made a mistake today of you know throwing a cat amongst the pigeons on Twitter, so I've been getting trolled all day now because I dare to speak out, but. I don't, I don't ever retaliate because it doesn't matter how much new evidence you put in front of them, like you mentioned earlier. Um, they just don't want to see it. And I don't know as a parent myself how another parent, even if there was a slight chance of risk of doing something to my son or my child, you know what I mean? Especially if I've got antibodies and proof that I've had it and I survived it. I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Um, no. no, it doesn't with me. No. And this uh, is why I was so upset with the GP talking about that and social services, you know, mm-hmm. saying right that then. somebody else will make a decision for you, you know. And as a parent, I can't think of anything more frustrating and more helpless than than, than having someone make a decision about your child mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that you don't agree with and, and that you're not making that decision. It's, um, I can't, oh God. I mean, you <laughs> lot handle it much better than I would. Honestly, I'd be in prison by now, I think. I really do think that. Um, we've got a minute left. Okay. So final words for everyone then, please, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Well, just thank you, Matt, uh, for giving me this opportunity. And thank you to everyone for listening to our story, Mm. mine and Tom's story. Yeah. And is there anywhere where anybody can find you for any updates or anything like that? Or are you completely off grid for the time being until this no, is no. out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you'll have to update v- through me then. All right. Exclusives, please. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we can yeah. get the message out. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, Samba wants to start the year, but unfortunately, we need to start doing this sort of stuff because this is what we need to start speaking about. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Stick around for me. All right. And uh, I will stop the recording. Take care, guys. And I will see you all soon. All the best. Take care. Strength and courage.